The critics for James Franklin have every reason to be out in full force this weekend following Penn State's nine overtime loss to the Illinois Fighting Illini, a team that Penn State had no business being in any kind of a tussle in with over the weekend. Did Penn State completely mismanage this game? Absolutely. And there's not a lot of time to clean things up right now with Ohio State on deck. I'm Kevin McGuire. This is Locked on Nittany Lions. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We've got a lot to talk about today. You are Locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lines across the Locked On Podcast Network, wherever you get your audio podcasts, including the Odyssey app or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. However you get your audio podcasts, make sure your Locked On Nittany Lines is among your first listens of the day. We greatly appreciate the support. And if you want to leave a rating and a review, that'll really help us out across those various podcasting apps, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the best way to show your support for Locked On Nittany Lines. And of course, we're also on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube right now, please make sure you leave a thumbs up on the video and a comment down below with your reaction to this game that we witnessed over the weekend, where Penn State comes up on the wrong side of an historic event in college football the first nine overtime game in fbs college football of course under the new ncaa overtime rules which just went into effect this weekend or this year i should say and of course uh, there's some there's some opinions about it i will say and we'll get into all of that in today's episode as well as the concerns about penn state's offense the ability to stop the run on defense and how much they can clean up before we get into penn state's next game which, oh, by the way, is a pretty big one against the Ohio State Buckeyes this coming week. And uh, obviously, we'll have a crossover episode later this week with Jay from Locked on Buckeyes. So looking forward to that. But I got to say, I'm far much or far less optimistic about this game for Penn State than I may have been a month ago. And let me just get this out of the way. First of all, I always said Ohio State was going to be the team to beat in this Big Ten East, even after Ohio State lost to Oregon. So my opinion on that hasn't changed. But my opinion on where Penn State is going to be at the end of the season has taken a drastic turn for the worse. Now, I'm not going to sit here and open up the doomsday patrol here over Penn State football. This is still a team that's going to be going to a bowl game this year. Uh, There's still a pretty decent chance they're going to play on a New Year's bowl game. But forget about the college football playoff. Forget about the Big Ten Championship and forget about a New Year's Six Bowl game because those are all off the table as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the possibility of a 10-2 season is still mathematically possible, but have you seen anything from Penn State the last couple of games out that suggests that they're going to be uh, making a run at the Big Ten Championship? Absolutely not. They are two games now back in the loss column against Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. We know that Michigan or Michigan State is going to lose this upcoming weekend because they're going to be playing head-to-head. Penn State still has to play all three of those teams, but I don't think there's any way that Penn State's beating Ohio State. But we've got all week to dig into that game. What we need to do is react to what we just witnessed on Saturday. Now, I'm going to say this right off the bat. I made a very good decision not to stay home and watch this game as it was unfolding on TV. It's actually still sitting on my DVR. I have yet to even open that on the DVR because I've seen enough of the highlights. I've read enough of the recaps. I've done my own research on this game as much as I want to. And I was getting updates on my phone as I was attending a Division II game at Shippensburg, watching Shippensburg take care of Millersville, by the way. But I just got to say, 
I'm, I'm glad I didn't stay home to watch this game because it would have been pure agony, I think, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm sure many of you probably felt the same way, whether you're at the game or if you're watching from home or just following the updates on radio or on in the internet, however you may have been following this game, it was not a pretty one. And I will say right off the bat, just as I wrote on NittanyLionsWire.com this week, I feel as though this is easily the worst loss of the James Franklin era of Penn State football. We'll get into that a little bit later, but let's just kind of address the big uh, talking points coming out of this game. First of all, the quarterback situation, I think, was completely botched. I think the running defense, it has to be addressed, but I don't think you can address it at this point. I think at this point in the season... The run defense is exactly what it's going to be the rest of the year, and that should scare the heck out of you for the remainder of the season because Penn State is going to play some teams with some big-time running backs that are putting up some big-time running back yards. So Penn State's in some trouble right now. They are in a, a really key position of this schedule where I don't know how much they can clean up to save face for this season. Again, this is still a team that should be going to a bowl game. I don't think there's any question about that, but... Playing in one of those big-time bowl games, I think, was officially eliminated due to the fact that they couldn't hold on against Iowa a couple weeks ago for understandable reasons. But then to come out flat the way they did against Illinois, I, I think it's very unacceptable. <laughs> and I think at this point, uh, we're going to have to come to grips with the reality here, if you have not already, that Penn State, maybe it's just a good team at best right now. Uh, there, are some, there are some really good strengths with the defense. But there are some big time holes that continue to pop up here, and it's been a recurring theme all season long. While the defense overall is very good, I don't have any major complaints about the defense, but the inability to stop the run against teams that can run the football has become a major problem, and it certainly popped up against Illinois. We'll get into a little bit more of the reactions to this game coming up in the next segment, but I just got to say right off the bat, I think the quarterback situation was mishandled by James Franklin. I think it is a very legitimate uh, complaint that you can address with this team. I'll talk about that coming up in segment number two here. But I, I'm thinking that there's a lot of hindsight being 2020 right here. Uh, but I think that it's very legitimate. I, I think that Sean Clifford, as I said all last week, probably would have been best for Penn State to rest Sean Clifford for one more week and make sure he's a little bit more ready for the Ohio State game now. Kind of scratching my head because I don't know what the situation is going to be here going into this game against the Buckeyes. I think Sean Clifford certainly gives you the best chance to win, but at some point you have to realize that maybe this Sean Clifford situation was botched this week against Illinois. I'll explain how I feel like it was probably completely messed up coming up in our next segment here. We may be into the second half of the college football season, but that doesn't mean it is too late to start getting involved in some daily college football fantasy. And the best place to do that is with the Prize Picks app. You can check it out on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. Download one of the top daily fantasy apps today and get started with Prize Picks. It's really incredibly easy to play. All you have to do is sign up for your account once you download that app. You choose two to five players, and it's really just picking whether or not those players are going to go above or below a variety of statistical projections for their upcoming game. So take one of the top wide receivers in the country. You think he's going to go over, let's say, 120 yards? Make that one of your plays and see how it goes for you. So download the Prize Picks app today, and when you sign up, make sure you use the promo code Locked On, and Prize Picks will give you a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in your account. So that's some free money to get started with some daily fantasy football. Remember, Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy.
Thank you once again for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen of the day wherever you get your audio podcasts and of course checking us out on our YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you leave those thumbs up and those comments down below if you are watching on YouTube. We want to get your thoughts about some of your comments from the most recent game and before we take a look ahead to this Ohio State game, I do want to highlight a YouTube comment from last week which I will admit I uh, I feel bad for ridiculing at the time. It came from Buncey Kumar who said in a long-winded rant that Penn State could actually lose to Illinois, and I just laughed it off. I said there's absolutely no way that Penn State was going to lose to Illinois, and I don't think I was alone in thinking that. I mean, if you look at all the predictions that were out there by a number of outlets and personalities and college football folks, I don't think there were too many people that gave Illinois much of a chance to beat Penn State. And I will say again, what I said last week, I didn't think it mattered who played quarterback for Penn State. There was no way that Penn State should have lost this game to Illinois. Yes, they obviously did. And I'm going to give credit to Illinois for seizing the opportunity, which was presented in front of them. I will always give credit to the opponent for taking advantage of their opportunities when your team comes up short. I think you have to do that. I think Illinois found a way to get their running game going as a number of teams this year have against Penn State and they overcame their deficiencies in their passing game and they hung in there. You know, defensively, they knew how to slow down Penn State and Penn State's lack of a running game once again pops into the conversation, but we're focusing right now on that quarterback situation. I said all last week, didn't matter who played quarterback for Penn State, they should have found a way to score at least 11 points over four quarters. I don't think that that was too much to ask. Apparently it was, uh, but Sean Clifford obviously gets the start for Penn State. And even though he wasn't 100%, James Franklin said after the game that they felt like Sean Clifford gave Penn State the best chance to win. And I would agree. Sean Clifford, probably regardless of what percent he was at, probably does give Penn State the best chance to win a game. Unfortunately, that all comes back to bite you this week because Sean Clifford, after getting Penn State off to a 10-0 lead, uh, the offense just goes into a hole. We never hear from this offense again. They never put points on the board until they get into those overtime sessions. And that was really disappointing. So after the game, James Franklin talked about the use of Sean Clifford and whether or not they were holding him back. And he said that they were holding Sean Clifford back a little bit. He was limited. They didn't necessarily say don't run, but they were being very careful with how they use Sean Clifford. And I think that was a detriment. I think it's obviously hindsight 2020 in action here, but I think it is very fair to say that Penn State mismanaged their quarterback situation for this week. As much as I like Sean Clifford, and I feel like he gives Penn State the best chance to accomplish a lot of their goals that are in front of them, I think this is the perfect opportunity to give him the time off entirely. Don't even let him practice and let him rest up so he is as close to 100% for next weekend's game against Ohio State. Because if Penn State's going to have any chance of being competitive against Ohio State, they need Sean Clifford to be as close to 100% as possible. I don't know if, what possibility that is at this point or not, but I feel like this was a wasted opportunity to give Sean Clifford a little bit more time off Kind of get him a little bit more right before he gets back in the swing of things. Let him go through a full week of practice before you send him back out there. I, I do think that it is fair to trust a third-year starting quarterback to kind of jump back in there as soon as possible, even if he didn't get in a full week of practice. But with a new offense coordinator, I think that that's a little bit more sketchy to do. And I think that that came back to haunt Penn State a little bit. I said all last week that I thought that this was the perfect game to give Sean Clifford the week off. Give Taquan Roberson all the first team reps in practice. Don't open up a quarterback competition the way that Penn State did. Go all in on one backup and let him be fully prepared for putting together 
two touchdown drives against a dreadful Illinois team over four quarters. That really should not have been too much to ask. And I keep coming back to that. I just feel like this was completely mismanaged by James Franklin. And you know me, I'm not typically somebody who just comes out and rips James Franklin, but I have said before, I will call him out when I feel like there's a need to. And I think that this is a perfect opportunity to open up the door for some of those criticisms. I think it's very fair. I really do. And I think given some of the things that he said in his post-game press conference, I think it's fair to, to assess James Franklin's use and decision on going with Sean Clifford. He admitted that there were a number of players, including Sean Clifford, that didn't get full practices in the way that they would like to going into a game. So, you know, I keep going back to the idea that maybe you should have just gone all in on Taquan Roberson for this game in particular. You know, if they were playing Michigan or Michigan State or even Ohio State this weekend, I could understand getting Sean Clifford back in there as soon as possible. But this was an Illinois team that was a three touchdown underdog, has only won two games this year prior to this weekend uh, against Nebraska and Charlotte, a team that lost 24-0 in their last game against Wisconsin. This is not a team you should have been struggling with, regardless of who the quarterback was. So you should have had every opportunity to get Taquan Roberson as fully prepared for this game as possible. And, you know, you if you have to win ugly, that's fine. <laughs> that would have been perfectly acceptable. This was a survive and advance type of a game for Penn State and the way that things have been going. And they didn't. <laughs> they just didn't. So I think it is very fair to come back to this whole quarterback conversation and suggest that it was completely misplayed by James Franklin, by offense coordinator Mike Yurcich. They were not ready. And that is a that is a detriment. <laughs> it certainly cost them in this game. And there were other reasons why they lost this game. Don't get me wrong. But I think that with all the attention that was given on that quarterback situation the last two weeks, I think it's very unacceptable to have an offense come out the way that they did and throw Sean Clifford into that kind of a situation. So if you feel differently about this, let me know. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. Should Penn State have played Sean Clifford, or was Sean Clifford really the best option to win this game? Obviously, it didn't work out, but I do want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also reach out to us on our Twitter account at LockedOnNittany. Don't forget that tomorrow is also Twitter Tuesday. So if you're listening to this or watching this on a Monday, make sure you send in your comments or your questions, and we'll address them in tomorrow's edition of Locked on Nittany Lions for our Twitter Tuesday episode. So any questions about Penn State, any questions about the Big Ten, college football in general, fire them our way. And I'm going to reply to all of your questions and comments on our Twitter account at Locked on Nitty in tomorrow's episode. If you're looking for a protein bar that tastes just like a chocolate bar, then you got to check out the Built Bars. Built Bars are protein bars that taste just like chocolate bars. They're even better than some of the traditional chocolate bars you would get on the candy aisle on your way to the checkout lane. And it doesn't matter what you're looking for out of a protein bar. We all know that Finding something that helps fill you up and actually taste good doing so is very difficult to come by. Well, not with Built Bar because they come in a variety of flavors. There's a little bit of something for everybody. And right now they're coming out with new variety of flavors every few days. So you want to stay on top of it. Go to their website, built.com. See everything they have available for right now, and then follow them on Twitter at bar underscore built, and they will make their announcements. And when they make an announcement for a new flavor, you want to hop on that as soon as possible because they will fly off the shelves, and you're going to have some regrets about missing out. So make sure you follow them on Twitter at bar underscore built. Check out all of the announcements they have for a variety of limited edition flavors, in addition to all their great quality flavors they have on a regular. So check them out at built.com. When you place your first order, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can save yourself 15% off the best tasting protein bars on the market. 
There's really so much to unpack from Penn State's 20-18 loss to Illinois in nine overtimes from Saturday, and I'm not even going to get to it all today. So I need to address at least one more concern I have out of this game, and then we'll continue this conversation in tomorrow's episode because, like I said, there's a lot to unpack here, and one episode is just is simply not enough. But let's talk about something that has been a problem all year long. Now, take your pick. Do you want to talk about the lack of a running game that Penn State has or the lack of their ability to stop a running game that is pretty effective and really the bread and butter of an opposing team? Let's stick with the offensive side of the football because we spent a lot of time on the quarterback situation already. Let's talk about the lack of a running game that Penn State continues to have. And again, I go back to the idea that we're into, well, we're into week nine of the college football season now. So I think we've got an idea that this Penn State running game is just not going to materialize. And we've gone through eight weeks of college football seven games of Penn State football, and we have not seen one running back from this Penn State program go over 100 yards in a single game. I think that's uh, unfathomable compared to where I thought this team was going to be this season. I didn't think that Penn State was going to have one main back that was going to rack up all the rushing yards. And obviously, no Kane's been banged up at times. It took a while for John Lovett to get in the swing of things and be a part of this offense. And I don't think I was expecting 100-yard games out of Kevon Lee or Devin Ford. But maybe having one running back go over 100 yards at least once by this point in the season, I don't think would have been completely unexpected and that is yet to happen and I say this because just this past weekend and again we can kind of talk about uh, Penn State's lack of a run defense uh, given what Illinois did uh, Chase Brown just having a record day in Beaver Stadium for a Penn State opponent going over 230 something yards so the fact that around the Big Ten this past weekend there were four teams that had two running backs go over 100 yards in a game they were Michigan uh, Illinois, obviously, Wisconsin, and I think it was Ohio State was the other team. So I think, uh, no, I'm sorry, Minnesota, not Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State did have a 100-yard running back, I will say that, but you know, there were four teams around the Big Ten, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and of course, Illinois, that had two players go over 100 rushing yards in a single game just this past weekend. And that shows you that this Penn State running game situation is a big detriment to where this Penn State team could potentially be right now. They don't have the kind of running back talent that these other teams seem to have, or they don't have the ability to create running opportunities that those other teams have. And that should be a big concern for you because Penn State still has to play Michigan, who's one of those teams that has a running game that's going to grind out so many yards against a Penn State defense that can't stop the run. But again, we'll talk about that in tomorrow's episode. But that is a major concern that I have that I wasn't expecting to have this season. I thought so much more of where Penn State would be running the football this year that maybe I was misguided. Maybe I was looking at this blindly. Maybe I was looking at it a little bit more optimistically than I should have. But again, at this point in the season, I have to come to grips with reality that this Penn State running game is not going to be a strength for this team. <laughs> There's no question about that. Maybe it took me a little bit longer to really fully accept that than it may have for others. But you know, there's no there's no turning back at this point in round. Uh, this Penn State running game is not going to be something that helps you win a football game. It hasn't been there all season long. It's not going to continue to be there. I mean, they had less than 100. They had fewer than 100 yards against Villanova of all teams earlier this season. That should have been your strong indicator that things were not going to work out as far as this running game is concerned. And that should be a main concern for you moving ahead because 
you're going to need a running game. If you're going to be successful in this Big Ten Conference this year, you have to be able to run the football. Penn State just has not been there. They, they have not been there all season. It's not going to turn around suddenly out of nowhere. Noah Kane has been banged up. There have been some injuries. Yes, I get that. But again, you know, if you're not there at this point in the season, you don't have a lot of time to clean that up and improve that. So I think at this point, you have to swallow your pride and just admit that Penn State's not going to be able to run the football. So it is a Sean Clifford or bust kind of a season, which makes the decision to play Sean Clifford this past weekend, I think, a little bit more controversial. Because I go back to the idea that if you know you don't have a running game and you're not going to be able to run the football, uh, you need Sean Clifford to be able to move. Because Sean Clifford being on the move with his feet, I think, gives you that extra element that you really need in order to succeed. So if you're putting Sean Clifford out there in a position where you don't want him to take off and make some plays with his feet, then you're doing your entire team a disservice. So I'm not saying that Taquan Roberson would have run for 50, 100 yards or whatever to change the outcome of this game, but I do think that having a quarterback that can do everything you're preparing him to do, I think is going to put you in a much better spot. And I don't think that Penn State did that this weekend. So it kind of ties together where I think that this entire game was mismanaged from an offensive standpoint. I do have some concerns about the defense. We'll talk a little bit more about that in tomorrow's episode, but that's where I'm standing right now. I just feel as though Penn State had every opportunity to maybe even win a clunky game this weekend, and they completely botched it. I said on NittanyAllianceWire.com that this is the worst loss of the James Franklin era. I stand by that. We've seen some bad losses. We've seen some games where they've coughed up leads that have turned into losses uh, in key games, like games against Ohio State, a couple games against Michigan State. They've been blown out in times, including uh, against Michigan years ago. Um, you know, they, got, they gave up 10 sacks to Temple in one of those earlier years under James Franklin. Uh, so there have been some bad losses. But this takes the cake. This is absolutely the worst loss that we have seen by a James Franklin coach team. That doesn't mean that I think that James Franklin should be fired. That doesn't mean that I think that James Franklin should be running out of town. I'm still not even where close to that conversation the way that some people are. And I don't really have much reason to defend that idea uh, right now because I feel like it's very fair to be critical of James Franklin in this particular case. Again, I'm not calling for James Franklin's job. I'm nowhere close to that, that territory. But I do think that he he messed up this one. <laughs> There's no question about that. I, I think this is a game that he would absolutely love to have back. And two weeks that he would absolutely should want to have back, given the way that we saw that this game unfold. So that's where I stand on this. We've got a lot more to unpack from this game. We'll dig into a little bit more in tomorrow's episode as we talk about the lack of ability to stop the run. What I think about the overtime rules, I'm not saying overtime rules cost Penn State a game here, but uh, I do think that it's a fun conversation to have as well, or at least an interesting conversation to have right now. I think a lot of people are, given now that we've seen a nine overtime game in college football, the first of its kind. I've got some thoughts and opinions on whether or not this is actually a good thing for college football. We'll talk about that in tomorrow's episode. And of course, it is Twitter Tuesday, so send in your questions, send in your comments. I'm sure you guys have a lot on your mind that you want to hear some conversation about coming up in tomorrow's episode. So reach out to us on our Twitter account, at LockedOnNittany, and send us your questions, your comments about Penn State, the Big Ten, college football in general, or any off-topic conversation to kind of distract you from what we witnessed the last weekend and what we could potentially be witnessing next weekend. Again, it's Ohio State week, but you might be a little grimy right now, given where we are right now as a Penn State fan base. 
But thank you once again for listening to Locked on Nittany Lions, hopefully making us your first listen of the day on the Odyssey app or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, to those of you who checked us out on YouTube, thanks for leaving the thumbs up and the comments down below and continuing to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We're having some fun with it. Hopefully you are as well. Hopefully we're getting you through uh, what has been a tough couple of weeks here for Penn State football, a tough month so far for Penn State football. And one more big game, which looks kind of ominous right now but of course we'll dig into it as many ways as we possibly can i'm ken mcguire thank you so much for listening to today's episode again making us your first listen hop on over to locked on big 10 for your second listen of the day with nate dickinson joined by jay stevens i believe today of course i'll be on tomorrow's episode as i typically am every tuesday they've got every angle of the big 10 including this game and everything else that happened around the conference covered over for you over on locked on big 10 you can check that on the odyssey app or also on their youtube channel Thank you so much for following us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany, liking us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany, and of course, checking us out on our Instagram account at Instagram.com slash Locked On Nittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out all of our Penn State coverage from this game and so much more over on NittanyLionsWire.com, a part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Until next time, everybody, I hope you are able to go 1-0 today. It might be difficult to do so, but hopefully you have a great day, great start of the week, and we'll do it again tomorrow.